Welcome to Where Wine Takes You. More than just a wine podcast. Okay, a top 10 wine podcast, whatever. More than just a wine podcast. We're a people podcast. We're an experience podcast. We are a place podcast. And that place is Paso Robles Wine Country. I am your host, Adam Montiel. Well, we are back even sooner than most times. Last week, a lot of good feedback on our episode with wine critic, wine writer, masterclass instructor, super stud, James Suckling, also MJ Taller of the Black Wine Guy Experience, where we taped from Hospice to Rhone. I love connecting with you like this more frequently. Let me know if you like these weekly instead of bi-weekly. I'm curious. Also, please continue to rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast. If you subscribed, thank you. I know it takes a little more time, but a five-star review means so much and actually helps this podcast so much. So thank you if you already have or in advance if you are willing to show some love. Well, Paso Wine Fest is upon us. And in this episode, you're going to get all the info you need to get prepared and pumped for Paso Wine Fest. Wine Fest weekend is May 19th through the 22nd with the marquee event Saturday, May 21st at the Paso Robles Event Center, a completely reimagined and elevated wine fest. It's an experience with plenty of free parking, over 100 wineries, great food. Your ticket even comes with a $10 food voucher. You can also bring in food if you want a picnic. That's pretty cool. Three live bands. I mean, it's insane. So much Paso Wine goodness going on. Go to PasoWine.com for the latest to get your tickets to learn more and make sure you use my promo code. WWTY22. WWTY for where wine takes you. 22. All right. You'll save 20 bucks per ticket. Again, promo code WWTY22. Okay. And I'll hit all this info again after our conversation, but I want to jump right into it. Today, our guests, both winemakers and owners of their brands and gentlemen, we have been fortunate to have on the show before. We got Joe Barton of Barton Family Wines, Gray Wolf Cellars, and also Grain and Vine Distillery, which I'm excited to learn more about. Joe has always been bringing his A-game to Winefest, and he's always fun to chat with. And speaking of bringing A-game to Winefest, Austin Hope is also here joining us. Austin Hope, Triana Hope Family Wines, also has a rich history in bringing a ton of of enthusiasm and spirit when it comes to not only Wine Fest Weekend for their fans on site, but they also bring it when it comes to the Wine Fest event itself. I look forward to learning what both these guys have planned for their brands on May 21st when we gather at the Paso Robles Event Center for Paso Wine Fest. So I show up to Austin Hopes and a Triana Tasting Cellar, and we are in like the coolest tank room ever. Lounges, rugs, plants, this place is a vibe for sure. Let's just jump right in. Joe Barton, Austin Hope, and we are talking Paso Wine Fest, baby. So give me that mm-hmm sound, we'll get by, we pass on around till the job is camped out in the trees, it will simplify and good company. Oh my god! I'm fatter than normal. No. <laughs> <laughs> not to say that I'm not unfat at most times. This is so much fun. <laughs> Pet nap? Yeah. The natty. The natty. 
This is so good. Like, to have both of you here, first of all, like, I could do 90 minutes, two hours with you, Austin, and we would just, like, we'd be like, what, it's been two hours already? Same thing with you, Joji. I mean, to have you both here today, like this, is so much fun, so thanks for hanging out with me. Yeah, yeah. thank you, buddy. Talking yeah. wine fest. I'm not sure if uh, Austin and I have actually done radio before. Oh, really? Is this a first? Like, even out of all the cork dorks, everything? We've never... I don't think not so. Not cork dorks. I, I feel like maybe one time down in San Luis, we were in there for something, but I don't remember what the fuck it was. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. But no, I don't know. Well, when we did the podcast last time with Austin, we were in the room that we're in now. It's got to be the most, like, chic-looking, classiest tank room there is. It is all black. We got chandeliers throughout, tanks lining one side, rugs all over the place that really kind of dial in the acoustics and, of course, the vibe. And then set up with comfy couches and chairs all throughout probably got about four five six stations all the way down the tank room and this room i can only imagine is like if you are coming up to that kiosk to taste you want to find your way in here yeah, no, people do. It's uh, it's funny. It, it, it goes either way. They either want to come in here and, and feel chic and cool, or uh, they're like, we want to sit outside. I'm like, but it's um, it's actually our COVID room, buddy. We um, Celeste and I, <laughs> Celeste and I did this. We were so damn bored. The first first part of it, we're like, we had more tanks. It was all full of tanks, and I'm like. I don't know if you ever eaten at a restaurant called Beauty in Essex, but it's a, it's a famous spot. It's in three or four different cities, and it's um, it's got just so much going on. It's like this super cool, like night, elegant nightclub feel. There's like plants hanging from places. It's like pitch black in there. It's always like these who's a who's in there. It's just yeah, got yeah, this yeah. cool little like vibe, you know. And so I'm like, what if we turn it into something into like this? And then she's like, let's do it. And so we just started doing stuff. We buy and order and whatever we could find and get shit into where we could find it. Sorry. And then You're fine. We're going to FCC here, baby. Oh, yeah? Uh, first time we, we had... <laughs> that goes a long way. Yeah. First time we chatted with you, like, after everything started with COVID, you were the first human... Uh, Joe was the first person I knew who got bird flu back in the day. Or was it West Nile? West Nile. West yeah, Nile. Yeah, he was yeah. like person 001. Yeah. Yeah. And True. then you were the first person I knew that got COVID because you were in England. I was in England. I, yeah. We got kicked out of England March 21st. <laughs> of 2020. Of 2020. We were literally there. We were launching uh, Austin Hope Cabernet and Triana Cabernet and then headed to Ireland and Scotland and um, uh, Iceland. And then it was like four or five days there. We're like, yeah, that's great. And then all of a sudden people started getting weird. Then the TV, then people were calling. We're like, next thing you know, we got Virgin Atlantic calls and we're like just got home from dinner half buzzed up and like they're like you guys are leaving we've changed your flight you're leaving tomorrow or you're not coming home like what so this is serious so i got on the plane literally the next morning and i'm like man i don't feel good and so that's like don't start that and i'm like no seriously i think i I don't feel good and i i don't get sick and so i'm like that's weird you know and then i'm like she's like you just be quiet just lay there don't say exactly (laughs) let's get out of the country first right so like halfway through i'm like i'm like seriously i don't feel very good and then she's like i think i have a fever and she says take this motrin she shoves an 800 milligram motrin down my throat like she's like you're we're not getting off this plane in la and they're telling us we're going somewhere and i'm like okay so i'm like took it went through and got home and i'm like no i'm for real i don't feel good and i hold up in the bedroom for in the guest room for three days and like was sick, really sick, and then you got soup. You got like the yeah, OG yeah. COVID. Yeah, yeah exactly. I, 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 I brought Wuhan to Smoke County, bro. <laughs> <laughs> See, that's what I like about you. Because Omicron, I got Omicron in like second week in January, like along with everyone else and their mom, and 
it was like a bad bad cold, right? You know. And I remember one of the things that I talked to you about because you lost your taste and smell. That was for, scary for a little bit. Oh yeah, yeah, for a couple weeks. That was weird. It was more than that. It was like three, four weeks, and then it came back, and then it, w- it went away again. Mine did that too. It didn't like. It, it didn't go for that long. Like no. I had, I had a control, and I told this story before. I, I had a control in my house, and it was a bottle of, I mean, a can of Jif. Yeah. And when when I wasn't feeling good, I'd go to that can, and I'd stick my nose in it the same way I would this wine. And Dang. you know, Jif, Jif peanut butter is going to be like, yeah, you know that. Yeah. So it was gonna, just, it was smell too. I mean, you lost your smell as as well as taste. yeah. So one day huh. I'm not feeling good. I went, brutal. I went to that Jif. I opened up that can. My nose, my big ass nose, deep in that Jif. <laughs> no Jif. Nothing. No Jif. I was like that. This is what it's like. And you're right. Wow. It is kind of scary. We super scary. So I do for a living, right? Yeah, right. And yeah, I'm yeah. Like that. I'm like, man, JC and Samantha can be able to handle this. I mean, yeah. they, they're, they're great <laughs> oh. winemakers. But what if they don't like? What if they do something I don't like? How am I even gonna know? I wouldn't even know. They'd be like, "This is the best one we've done yet." And you just nod your head, like, yeah. "Yep, mm-hmm, right good. on." You get COVID? No, not as far as I know. Yeah, I mean, you know, I like who knows. A lot of people got it and didn't even know. Exactly. I mean, I never, I certainly never lost my 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 sense of taste. Everybody in my family has. I mean, everybody I know. Yeah. I mean, and I'm one of these few. I'm like, I if I perhaps got it at one point, maybe, but yeah. I never had anything of significance. Yeah, I didn't get it either. I tried it. I couldn't even give this girl COVID. Like, especially when I had it, we're like, this is a perfect time to you know align yeah. our immunities, and, totally. so we can go on vacation later. You know, I, and couldn't I, give it to her. I literally. Uh, taking my kids back from the, the mountains. I took yeah. them up there and back. And as we're coming back, my daughter's like, they just, I mean, they were just sniffling, snorting the whole way home. I'm like, yeah. oh God, these kids are sick. Mm-hmm. And then I'm like, get, and, the, before, and the next day I'm like, you know, you better take a test before you go back to school. Right. Sure enough, boom, positive. And then her buddy was in the car, boom, positive. And I was all, well, there's no way. I mean, I was in the car, in the hours. car for six hours. There's just no way. It's probably because you had Les Nile. Like, I, that, what I, else I, you got? You, said, you can't beat Les Nile, bro. I tell my, <laughs> you can't trump that. I tell Jenny it all the time. I'm all, it's because I got the Nile, man. I got the, I got the super antibodies yeah. in my head. Yeah. Dude, what the Nile feel like? That <laughs> was gnarly, man. It was gnarly. Yeah, that was, that was crazy. Did you have to go in the hospital? Oh, yeah. I was three days in. Yeah, that you was. Were, you spent three days in the hospital with West Nile virus. Yeah. Well, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a viral infection of your spinal column. Everything hurts. Wow. Everything hurts. Yeah. <laughs> that really set this up. Yeah, yeah, it was wild. So, yeah, maybe, you know. No, it's just so fun to hear about how we all, like, you know, all this <laughs> stuff going through. Look, Paso Wine Fest is coming up May 19th through the 22nd. And what's fun to have both of you guys here is that, you know, I don't know of two brands that really dive in and have so much fun with this day. Used to be in the park, now at the Paso Robles Event Center. So, first of all, I'm kind of curious what we're both doing. But before we even get into that, I want to talk about, like, wine fests of old. You know, like, Back in the day, it was called Mayfest. You'd like mm-hmm. literally pull. There was no gates around the park. You pull your car up. The barrels are out. Like, what are uh, some of your I, old? What are your old memories, Joji, and then Austin, Joji of Mayfest? Just because I just I, I the to me the one thing I always remember is taking the barrels out. Mm-hmm. You know, we had to roll up there at six o'clock in the morning. You know, yep. like hey, you got to get in there. You got to get there because the guys are putting the tops on. And no joke, I mean, obviously when 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 I first started, me and Austin were about the same age. We're both doing the same thing. We're like yep. in our early twenties. We're like totally. Phew, you know, you've had a you've had a big night. Yeah. 
And you're going to roll down there, you know, just. So you've got to roll up two barrels so they can put a top on Four it. to six. Four to six. And yeah. then they six just, like, drilled like a piece of wood on top of it. Yeah, that and then, they, the then they put your thing up. But you had to be out there, and you were always had just a, a murder headache rolling always. in there. And you're like, oh, half probably shouldn't have been driving. I remember one time I tapped out. I got down there, and I'm like, I looked at my brother. And I'm like, dude, you're going to have to roll. Take it back. <laughs> you're going to have to take us back. Man. I don't think I should be driving. Yeah. Then you had to go get it all back out. Oh. Like, yeah, you've drank all day. And then, oh yeah, then you got to load all your sh- your crap up exactly. I mean, yeah. yeah, it's just in and out the whole time. Oh, and, and honestly, brutal. Those early days, I mean, there wasn't that many of us. No, I maybe mean, twenty or thirty maybe, at the yeah. most. And you would go through twenty, thirty cases of wine. <gasps> yeah, no, it was, stop it. it. People I mean, you, drank. Yeah, it, it was for real. I mean, it was you couldn't. Yeah. You were sitting at that bar, and it, every place, not anybody in particular. Every spot was four to five deep. I mean, you had no time. I mean, that's a barrel of wine. You're talking about a barrel of yeah. wine you literally go through. And it was like you would you would sit there and pour, and you'd have to take breathers. You'd be like, all right, you're in. i got to get out from the front line for a little while. <laughs> yeah, I remember it was like it was so stressful, right? Everybody was like so stressed about it. And I'm like, I'm like just like, I mean, everybody was wore out, tired, and it was just like, I yeah, it was. It was intense. It yeah. was really intense. It was crazy. It was I a buzz was. and all the sound. I mean, it was just there's so many people. There was so much sound. And, and then, I remember they used to pay. The, I think I think in the beginning you didn't they didn't reimburse so the alliance didn't um, not at first yeah yeah because that back then it was I thought it was called the Vintners Association it was, no, it was yeah. called PRBJ Passive Rebels Vintners and Growers Association yeah and then they started then people started complaining you know yeah, we're pouring a lot of wine because to Joe's point right you're going <laughs> yeah, through like sure. twenty like, cases of wine can I at least get like half of FOB <laughs> yeah and like people like back then didn't even like make that much wine right, right. like if yeah. you made like. 500 cases of a lot. That was a big deal. Right? Sure. So, you know, you're pouring 20 cases on one Saturday. <laughs> With no reimbursement, they're like, "Yeah, you can just donate to the college." You're like, "Ah!" <laughs> so then they got tickets. They give us a ticket, and then they, you know, then they finally wise up. It's like, "Yeah, we can't. We, we're not going to be able to do this. You guys, are, you guys are pouring too much wine." <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. Probably the only thing that came along good was that there was more brands, so at least it's, it spread out the wealth. And probably the reason why eventually we had to not do that anymore because there was just, you know, there was the, <laughs> there was the. You remember the uh, the signs that we had to put down? No blanket here. Yes. Because people would come in and just start just like campers, like it was a beach. It totally. And they're like, yeah. I, I came out. They when we're bringing barrels out, they're bringing lawn chairs out. Lawn chairs. Oh my god! <laughs> blankets and staking out their spot. And you'd be like, Hey, hey, you can't be right up in my business. Right. You're going to have to back off. And and once we got a certain amount of brands, we just couldn't fit all of that in, in there. one yeah. spot. No. Yeah, yeah, it was crazy. I saw some crazy stuff. And the did down- you? Oh god! Were the brands is like especially specifically both of your brands? Were they as like? Did you guys dive as deep into like the enthusiasm, the themes that you would adopt, all that kind of stuff? No, it wasn't even really thought about back then. I mean, it, probably the only person who was doing something was like Toby giving like stickers. He was always something. giving something away. Yeah, yeah. 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 I got like did Toby start? I got tons of phone numbers from <laughs> his cowboy hat. <laughs> yeah, early, early like, here, here, put your phone number on this cowboy. <laughs> early two thousands, and I wonder if Toby even started this. It was the stickers. It, Everyone like, sure had the him. stickers. Oh, yeah. For sure. He started was, the sticker thing. I can remember the dude that sold the stickers, and he was, God, he was this. And those stickers, I, dude, I got I got to. I, I, I try gotta, to remember the guy. He was one I, guy. I that. That, that was this one guy who actually, he sold those stickers, and then he started getting us all. 
brawl on it. He was yeah, like a, like a storm had one. Gray oh. Wolf had the paw. I just remember he was a blue truck. He brought, hey buddy, can I get so many stickers for you? They're only going to be like ten cents a piece. But if you know you've ordered this many more, I can get you a better deal. On it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and the thing about those stickers, like the adhesive on the back was like some industrial shit. Where yeah, like it's if, probably poisonous. If you <laughs> oh ruin ruin a shirt, it I would can, ruin a shirt. You I take can, the sticker off, it, it there'd would just be like, the, there'd be that glue mark. Yeah, <laughs> forever, forever, yeah. like an outline in filth from where the sticker was. <laughs> and then there was then there was the uh, there was the wedding. T- well, actually, as I've got one from hospice, those wet tattoos. You yeah, know? I mean, you'd be like the who was the guy who had to sit there at the corner of the table and wet all the tattoos oh, on? Oh, I know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so and then, yeah. good. <laughs> so wait, wait, go ahead, Austin. What are you thinking of? No, I just, I just, you can't even talk in today's world anymore. What I was thinking. <laughs> yes, we can't do that anymore either. <laughs> One thing I love about Wine Fest, before we get into what both your brands are bringing to the table, is um, the the under the table. What's under the table? Like, I mean, there's been so many fun things. If you ask that that brand, hey, what, what, do you, what do you got under there? It's something that never even occurred to me back in the day, but is uh, a lot of wineries bring some fun stuff under the table. It's always cooler check, man. I remember back in the day, like, hey, what's in the cooler? Totally. Yeah, you would like have to like smuggle it in, like whatever, like, but bring it because personally for you, right? Like, yeah. Yeah. People wanted to have beer. People wanted to have spirits. Like yeah. that worked there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, not, yeah, yeah. The, not the patrons, right? And so we would like come up with crafty ways how to get things in because they would check the coolers you would bring in, and it was like those like big jackets. It's like eighty degrees, like walking in, and then you just come up with different ways. Like when you come down the one street, nobody's looking. Hey, what's that over there? Yeah, <laughs> bring it in. But like legally now, I think we always have. We always have like cool big format stuff underneath the table, uh-huh. you know, like a three liter, something older. Um, and then I always still bootleg a bottle of tequila in for myself. Yeah, <laughs> you know where I'll be, I'll be going on. Yeah, that. and I was always jam- jazzing up my my uh, sangrias, which I would. Yes, uh, you know I would have in the back so everybody could have sangria with extra juice in it. Yeah, just, not just the uh, wine stuff. Yeah, you know, maybe a little gin, maybe yeah. a little brandy, spark nice. it up. But it was all. It always started with the beers at the beginning. You know, like everybody oh, was yeah. like, you know, we got to get beers in here, and it'd be all on the you know on the DL for a while. You know, it was like you know keeping it down, and it was always about. Four o'clock. You'd see most of the people behind the bars. They're all their glasses are full of beer at that yep. point. And you're like, yeah, I mean, it's done. <laughs> Deal's been made. We're gonna spill out in the streets here shortly. So, <laughs> and it was longer back then, right? It was like twelve to five. Oh my god. Yeah, no, it was it was too long. I mean, five hours of just hard drinking like yeah. that. And like they, and I remember like. When you're like, we got to put some food out or something, and so like the next Think? next year they, they it was like sourdough rolls. They just and they took like they, were, they took like um, sandless baguette. baguettes and they just chopped it up into they little pieces about, so. and just like there was a basket of like, like we're all ducks. Yes, <laughs> and I'm like, well, that might slow it up a bit. Yeah, well, it reminds me of like I mean, I liken it to Zap. You know, you go into Zap and it's like back in the day, the old Fort Mason days. It was like here's uh, a glass and a baguette don't die i, I, I don't know. know how that place still exists <laughs> oh. i really don't well they dialed it a lot yeah they ideas. dialed that same well same experience yeah same, same, same idea. deal i mean eventually you gotta you know i mean we were all like doing uh you know the boy scout tri-tip sandwiches and you would just stumble out there to get something mm-hmm. of substance to you um and those are just you know literally local vendors until yeah. they kind of started 
bringing in the uh, the different restaurant experiences and doing bites and all that stuff. So I, I think that's probably sliding into what we're 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 doing at this event as well. So Wine Fest May nineteenth through the twenty second. You can go to PasoWine.com. What's cool about this year is that you know when the back in the day the event was at downtown City Park, and it, yeah, it was fun to have see that beautiful City Park transform into something magical. But to have the footprint be the Passable's Event Center where we do the fair. It's a big footprint. There is ample and free parking. There is room to stretch out. And really, it takes brands like Austin Hope and Joji's uh, Barton Family Wines and gives them a much newer canvas to play on. Do you know what you guys are doing yet for Wine Fest, Joji? Uh, I will probably have to, you know pass on that question because my wife probably got something planned that she doesn't want me to sp- divulge to spill so i'm sure it'll be gratuitous <laughs> i remember like i mean austin you would throw down not only would you because it's a big celebration in wine country so i mean one year it's like oh we're tasting everything with bacon and different forms of bacon and you just had so much and have so much fun with the weekend and with your fans and with the wine and i remember one year at the park I see you brought a freaking boat. <laughs> there was a boat on the lawn. I'm like, how do you tell Paso Wine? By the way, yes, I got my 10 by 10, but I'm bringing a boat. And then people are doing pictures and like, so what are you doing this year for Wine Fest? Oh, man, I, it's, it's top secret. We've got a, what? We, we've got a big, big booth. Do you? Yep. We were lucky enough to buy one of the, 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 the larger, larger tents. And so yeah. it's, uh, it's, it's, uh, there'll be some activities. I'm sure I ponied up for that as well. So hopefully yeah. we'll be side by side. Oh my gosh! Look at this. You yeah, know, you got to go toe to toe. You got you hey. know, you got to try to take on the champion. <laughs> <That's-> <laughs> so my <laughs> and whoever that may be, I will say, I will say this. this is actually another point of the old school stuff. When we used to get the tickets. Mm-hmm. There was four or eight premium spots. I can't remember on yeah on small. on Spring Street and. Um, Pine. Yep, Spring and Pine were the best. Those are the best spots. Those are the walk-in spots. So in truth, those top spots were all based on the top ticket takers. So that oh. was a competitive. That started that competitive mentality back then. You're like, back then. I want that spot. And I then mean, it and then it got then it got dicey after that and went to a, a, a like a pull out of the hat. Who got those? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I like the back when it was competitive. You're like, I hey, dude, totally I'll, agree, right? I'm gonna, I, whatever yeah. I got to do, whether it be getting wine in people's glass or giving them swag, doesn't matter. I want those tickets and I want that spot. So uh, May 19th through the 22nd, but the grand tasting is Saturday, May 21st. Tickets are online at PasoWine.com. But I tell you, if you use the promo code WWTY for where wine takes you, WWTY22. You will save twenty bucks per ticket. Now, this event is by far going to deliver far beyond any years past. Mm-hmm. No question about it. Yeah, yeah. it's I really, mean, really cool. I feel like you know what we've you know we, looking back to what it was before. You know, you can't recreate those moments. You can't recreate what that was all about. You know, that was you know that was the pioneering days when you know you know the idea of wine events and beer festivals. Those were those are new in 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 itself, mm-hmm. and so. You know, I think you look at it now, and you're like, you're, you're, you're trying to big uh, to bring in a probably, you know, or not even probably, just trying to big a more of an experience rather than just like, you know, it's just like our wineries. You know, I don't people don't come just to wine taste anymore. They don't want to go sit in front of a bar. They want to be entertained. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the big part of what you know the last you know few years of just trying to kind of redefine and and kind of re-explore the idea of a wine event that, in truth, is 
you know, a time when we all have to collaborate on that because in reality, our taste rooms are quite busy now. All of us in Paso Robles are doing very well. And for us to take a Saturday away, well, it should be something that's significant. And it shouldn't be just, hey, just another place where people can just walk up and get a tasting. They, it should speak to the flavor of Paso Robles. Austin, you are really familiar with a lot of these big events all over the country. You're familiar with travel. Talk about elevating this event to the likes of, say, Aspen Food and Wine Festival. A lot of these like really well nationally known wine events and doing this to Paso Wine Fest and elevating it to a, a really special level. Yeah, I think that, you know, not only has Paso become that, and on Joe's point, people have come in here for an experience, right? This it's, is not a bar, right? If you want to go buy a cocktail, you go to a bar, that's what you do, right? Most everybody now is, you know, they're seated tastings, they're, they're more education involved, you know, because people really... You know, if they want to just drink wine, they'll do it at home, right? They don't. They want to go there. They want to be entertained. Just as it's like I go to a fine dining establishment, it's not just about the food, right? It's about how your how your server is. Are they fun? Are they interactive? Does it make your night fun? You know, do you get to banter with people? And and I think you know we've all done that. Really elevated the game at, at our tasting rooms, and you know they're becoming more like vis- visitor centers, right? I mean, it's their hospitality. It's not. It's 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 true hospitality now. And so that's but great, you know. And it's seen like over the years, I've traveled a ton and go. Going to you know Nashville Eats, um, Austin Food and Wine, uh, Aspen Food and Wine. Georgia's got a good one. There's uh, these things are like highly elevated, right? I mean these are you know they've got Lexus as a sponsor. I mean they, these are very and and I still think that there's tons of room to grow in these events, right? Because people come to these and they want to be entertained. So you know we've got multiple bands happening. There's seminars before. There's the reserve tasting. There's the, there's a VIP lounge if you want if you want more exclusivity within this this festival that day to me it's like uh, moving it and bringing in you know it's not just a little pop-up tent anymore that four wineries stand around pouring off a table right they were bringing an, an elevated experience where people are, are not only going to be the taste is going to be great but visually stimulated right so you yeah, it's an experience sure. you feel good being there it's a nice day out it's it's in a great location the parking like you said is is easy and and you know i mean the yeah the prices come up because you know as the class of the event rises the the value goes up right i mean and that's that's reality and you know, and, and I'm on a, I'm a board member of the Paso Wine, and, and for quite some time, and, and quite honestly, it's not uh, this is not a revenue source. This is um, showing what Paso has, right? And so you've got a hundred wineries there, of super premium wineries, and there's even the wineries that you know don't have tasting rooms are going to be there, right? No, so, in fact, if you go to PasoWine.com, hit events, and check out Winefest, it lists them all there. I mean, we've never seen you know some of the more some of the cult wines that aren't available for public at all to visit, like Saxon going to be there. You know, I mean, it's a, lo- a lot of names that maybe don't have, you know, public tasting rooms for folks to enjoy, they're going to be able to enjoy that. The live music is a thing. we got three different bands, a couple different winemaker seminars. I love this Starry Night Dinner. Dan Curcio, Moonshiner Collective, they do the theme song here for the podcast. They're going to be performing live. Right. I mean, so like Paso Wine has literally elevated this event to levels it has not seen ever before. No, this is, uh, is going to be, I, I think that this will be a sellout event within within a couple of years because the first year they might sell out this year. I mean, it's already yeah. it's already it's already headed that way, and it's it's uh, you know there's there's a ton of um, great uh, food trucks going to be there, um, so we're going to have that food option now. Yeah. Right? So it's not just and these are you know classy classy food place. I mean, they're, they're, totally. They're, they're, they're not. And your ticket includes a ten dollar food voucher. Exactly. 
Yeah. Cool. So I mean, there's, there's, and, and you know, and I think about it because sometimes people say, "Oh, it's so expensive." I said, "No, it's really not." I said, "How many tasting rooms did you guys go visit while you were here?" Totally. And they'd be like, "Oh, I did three this day, and I did four the next." Day. I just said, "You did four? I said, "That's aggressive." Okay. And I'm like, "Hey, what was the tasting fees? Twenty five, fifty five, seventy, sixty, forty." I said, "Okay, per person, right?" So, so your whole day, it just, just in three of them, you're damn near at at 180 bucks. Per person. Per person. So just true. to taste. Okay. Yeah. Just to get a taste and not with anything else, right? And then you're going to spend wine on. So it's, I don't, I, I feel like the value, I, mean, I still think it's undervalued. I'm one of the people that says it's undervalued. It's still at 180 bucks. You spend it like that, I totally agree. Yeah. yeah and I think you, and you talk more and more about the experience. I think that's the side of it, you know, you know especially considering, you know, just that, that, that flux of music festivals. I mean, everybody's ready to get back into those kinds of things. For sure. I mean, that was so, they were so strong, you know, and, and it had become. You know, like you were talking about all these cities. I mean, not just you know food and wines, but mm-hmm. music festivals. I mean, that was a draw to these you know metropolitan areas. And I think you know, with what Paso has grown into, it's foolish for us not to really try to showcase ourselves in that same light and say, hey, you know, this is what Paso is now. Yeah, and this is what we are capable of. We do have the food scene that can carry this. We do have so a wine true. scene that can carry this. We have a music scene that can carry this. <laughs> I mean, there's there's a lot of really, you know, kind of, I think, undervalued things that are still just now starting to get Oh, yeah. Showcased. You're talking about Moonshiner Collective or yeah, that's that's playing Friday at the Starry Night Dinner. Still tickets available for that. PasoWine.com. But the bands the next day, Sean Clark Family Band, super great. Be in the Hive. And then we got this super dope Hall & Oates tribute band, Private like, Eyes. Like, like Yacht Rock? Yeah. I love Yacht Rock, yeah. dude. That's going to be so, so great. People are going to vibe to that so hard. What I, I think th- it should be like a scene. I think I think in the eventual, and I, I, I agree with Austin, I think eventually you're you're going to get people who are going to dress the part. I mean, they're going to want to, you know, yeah. you know bring their own element to the to that to the place too. Because I mean, what what easier, nicer, more fun, more relaxing place like the fairgrounds? There's plenty of room to move, yeah. you know. And I think it's and that was the big thing with the park. It was getting too small. It's too well, crowded. And we we talked you had about to close that. the streets around. I mean, one year my, in like yeah. twenty, I think it was two thousand nine. My car got towed. <laughs> from, <laughs> Don't they know who you are? <laughs> it's like, dude, that's I'm an expensive. Fun. That's an expensive trip, yeah. you know. Like, but they had to close all the streets down, and with the downtown scene bustling the way it, it is hurt, right now. It, it, they they were done with it. People I don't need blame to go shop. People need to go to the wine fest and then come downtown and visit those I mean, places. Poor, poor Chris Cherry back in the day. I mean, he didn't know what to do. Everybody just piled into his place. I remember bartending back there. I think he. Oh yeah. I think he's mad. Is, I think dude, he's it was crazy. He was so mad because it because it, it, it just he. I mean, there was no there wasn't good business to be had. Now well, no, because like, no no one's buying duck nachos. They're getting yeah, yeah. a they're getting a quick thing to like keep the buzz going or something. Well, they don't, don't, even, I mean? they don't like, even need to keep the buzz going. They're just yeah. stumbling about right trying to right. find their wallet oh, yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> which, they were, which they were poor at it at that time yeah but now and as you think about it now it's just like you know now you can kind of you know create this this vibe and this experience and and this whole process that's happening in the fairgrounds and then come into downtown and finish your night yeah exactly. you know and and, and, and then the, and the town's gonna get behind it the restaurants are gonna yes. get behind it they're gonna you know they're gonna they're gonna you know, close the the deal at the end of the night, so people can really, truthfully, who are first timers mm-hmm. would not have even have known how great downtown is. If you would have came back in the day, went into the park, right, you would have had no idea how cool it is because it was so so crowded and so busy. Yeah. Now you can get the best of both worlds. Yeah. Think of the accommodations game and how that has been raised and elevated mm-hmm. in yeah. just the last 
three, four years. I mean, like a couple years. I yeah. mean, the accommodations downtown Paso, I mean, there's still rooms available. Mm-hmm. You can get to PasoWine.com, book your tickets, and then find out where to stay. There's great Airbnbs all, oh my God. Over, all over the place. Yeah. You yeah. Know, I mean, Templeton's not far. Tascadero's not even far. I mean, no. Do you guys, do either of you guys have an Airbnb that you guys have kind of off the record that is just on the... No, I properties? tried, but Celeste got all like frustrated when there was like some random people staying in our guest room. Yeah. yeah. Oh, you did at your house? Yeah. Well, yeah. Well, Austin. Yeah, you know, there's nobody in it. So. Good, yeah. <laughs> imagine you wake time. up. Imagine you wake up out of your room and you like walk into the kitchen and there's like Austin making eggs. I'd be Airbnb. Dude, that's over some there. pretty uh, yeah, Airbnb. Yeah, it's Saturday now. I'm an Airbnb at your house again. Because <laughs> that's funny. It's a little closer to downtown. <laughs> what people don't know about Austin is that Austin loves to host and he loves to cook. So like, it's not uncommon where if you show up in the thing. Those like cool broiler things that uh, what, are, what do they call those things? The uh, salamander. Salamander. He's got a salamander in his house. Yeah. That's that's actually a step above anybody's kitchen. Like, <laughs> are you actually just like what's the salamander? I mean, I've been to your crib, but what's the salamander? Sear, putting a sear on something in a salamander, dude. That that's it, a, that's it's, top it's level. A, it's a above above the the broiler. It's probably the most used thing in in, in restaurants. Yeah, that they it have. Is. It's so like you go to any like high end steakhouses. That's how they cook all their steaks up in a, and it's like twelve hundred degrees. Actually, you see them on Instagram all the damn time like you buy portable ones and i don't know if you've seen these like, yeah, yeah okay yeah. so you can get like the perfect sear super hot really fast like you know good meats are supposed to be cooked that way so it's um yeah no you gotta have a salamander yeah. if you don't have a salamander in your house i mean i don't know if, why, why even have one <laughs> a house? yeah, a house. yeah. <laughs> i'm actually surprised that i don't see more of them Honestly, when I saw it in your house, I'm like, because I was building the commit, I had already built the, the kitchen at the uh, your new place. Uh, no, at the at our at the winery. Oh, at the winery. And I was, I, I we're thinking about our house at the time, and I'm all salamander, <laughs> no brainer. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like I could do the same thing I would want to do on a steak that I would have to go outside to do, but now I do not have to do it nope. outside. Right here, right, right here. there in your kitchen. <laughs> you know, and I think you know, talking about more elevated kind of experiences. I mean, I. Know know everybody's going to bring 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 their game to it but i i joe said i could i asked her if i could give like a, a tease a little bit of tease of what we are going to have at ours and she said yes so did you she, text her during this yes i did oh god bless joe i love her yeah and she said uh she said we're bringing our tasting cellar to the wine fest which i knew that so we will have it will look like this place right wow and then uh, we're doing um uh the welcome splash when you show up kind of like we do here and then we're going to have uh, caviar stop and then, uh, it and then um, uh, Sheila Kearns, which I don't know if you know, she's like a, just an absolute amazing chocolatier, local. And uh, she's she we've been doing a lot of stuff there, so we're gonna have we're gonna have her stuff with it and some grenache and some cheese and wine. And so oh my it's gosh. gonna be a yeah, it's gonna be like you know we keep hearing it's hard to, hard to get in the tasting cellar, so we're gonna bring, bring it to, to the park. We're gonna bring it to you. No way, that's so cool. One thing that I know, Austin Joe G, that has been super uh, popular of late, and we got it in our glass now, is sparkling. Uh, whether it's pet nat, whether it's sparkling wine from some of the grapes we're growing in Paso, it's cool because we're doing an event called Sparkling Paso, featuring sparkling wine producers, and you're only seeing more of them, Joe G. I mean, we got your pet nat in the glass. Yeah, you know, I think uh, you know there are a few places uh, really weren't in the county before. Um, there was a few outfits. 
outfits um, uh, that were kind of starting to make the still wine and then send it up to a place like Rack and Whittle and yeah. uh, having um, sparkling made out of, you know, whatever they were growing domestically, um, not just necessarily Chardonnay or a, or a traditional champagne base, you know, and doing things like Grenache Blanc and whatnot. And there were certain houses that were trying to do things on a, a more traditional level too or, you know, outside the box, Albarino, Grenache Blanc. I saw a lot of peeps. And then uh, you start seeing this uh, Petnat kind of game going, which, you know, you know, isn't as you know isn't isn't as laborious as making champagne uh, but at the same time what i like about petnat is that for someone who doesn't know petnat pet, we're talking about petulance natural primary yeah. fermentation in the bottle yes rather than secondary Very fermentation, fermentation. Exactly. yeah you should explain that cuz it's it I, it's Pet nuts not really that known. Yeah, it's not. No, sorry, I, I, I should. So normal sparkling wine, if it's done right, you got that. It's called method champenois. Yes, yeah, so secondary I mean, fermentation in the bottle, and you know when you when you drink Krug or like Cristal, if you're in a rap video or or you know Vouve, yeah. uh, that's what the method champenois. Exactly. But pet nut literally is like the first way sparkling wine was ever made. Absolutely, and it's really just uh, you know for a short set, arresting the fermentation and slowing it down enough to where you can you can settle the wine um, and and. St- stop the fermentation for a short period of time in order to bottle it and then let that re-fermentation finish in the bottle. Um, so you're going to have, you know, you won't have the clarity and you won't have that. The bubbles are going to be a little bit different than, than the secondary They're fermentation. They're not going to shoot up in perfect lines. Yeah, exactly. Just because you're, there's there's a pressure thing. You know, you, you can't achieve as much of that pressure on that secondary fermentation. Or you can achieve more of that pressure on the secondary fer- fermentation than the primary. Um, so it, it's definitely different, but what's kind of nice about the pet nats is that it can be very seasonal. It can You can rotate it, you know, the the length of time of which it really does you know take to to make high quality sparkling wine slash champagne um, you see why there's non vintages you know they they've they've you know you can drink it after that harvest they've held you know champagnes over periods of time and and still wines over periods of time and you know it's it's a it's a much more long term process and you have to be consistent to that whereas with Petnat you want to do it with like here I did Carignan or Claret Viognier and and Grenache Blanc cool. Last year I just did Claret. Next year, I don't know. You make it out of red wine. It's got character <laughs> in the glass too. So Austin Hope, will you ever start a sparkling project? <laughs> You've always got the questions, and always it's like sometimes I wonder like do you actually um, like sleep in my head? Read your diary. Yeah, you do. I think you do. Yes, we are. We actually are. Really, we are working on it right now. Um, we're trying to. So we're, we'll harvest this year as the first year, but we won't see a actual product for three years. So we're doing method champenois. Yeah, legitimate, full blown process. We're some in barrels. I mean, we're, our our goal is actually you mentioned it earlier. So our, our goal is uh, Cristal and uh, and you know that that type of. Uh, Crystal or Salon. Those, you want to be featured in a rap level. video? I, absolutely. Why wouldn't you be? <laughs> are you, are, what are the varietals you guys are thinking of using? I can't tell you. All right. Fair enough. <laughs> Throw it out there. Under the Austin Hope label? Yes. Right. Probably. So. Wait, no, we got time. No. I, I think. No, I mean, no, I'm sorry. We mean. Uh, Trionic? Hope? I don't know. So we don't know. I've got time. I mean, Three years. Now, but we are, I will tell you, we are using but just Pinot and Chard. Cool. Perfect. Okay. Straight, straight up. Wow. Legit. Which is, in truth, some of the very best. So That's all. Where do you want to get the fruit from? That's uh, all coming out of uh, Santa Barbara area. Wow. This is going to be incredible. Now, the Austin Hope brand right now, it's just, I mean, the Austin Hope, of course, the cab. Mm-hmm. It's... You got the you got the cab. You got the reserve cab blue label. That's it. Might we put it under that? Maybe so. Yeah, we've got plenty of time to figure it out. Yeah, I guess you do, huh? Um, now, you guys can thinking about doing multi vintage, or are you can do vintage multi. Well, well, no, I think we'll. Um, what I want to do is just start building a stacking it up, right? Yeah. Like they actually do, and then I mm-hmm. think we we can uh, make that determination on the year, just like. 
real champagne houses do, right? They, yeah. they Not every year is a... I mean, some producers are that good, and every year is a is a vintage, you know, but... I'm I'm not I'm not so hung up on vintages as you know you guys know and some of our some of the listeners might know is like I I we've got multiple wines that are multi vintage wines yeah I think that you know again go back to the whole Paso thing it's like we make great wines every year like if something goes wrong and people would want to try and blame it on the year I think they're full of shit but it's uh, I mean unless we had like a smoke thing or you got froze like a, an, an extra environmental thing that act of God call it. I think that it's winemaking is usually the problem with wines that are off or different on vintage to vintage. Yeah. Personally, I think we just were very fortunate. Some years we get a heat spike that's in the beginning of the year. Some years we get a heat spike at the end of the year. But if we don't have, if we're not seeing that ahead of time, then and and making sure the soil profile is full of water, and and vice versa on, on cold versus hot. When if the, we know when this stuff's coming, this doesn't happen, right? So to me, that's why I always put it on people. It's like we know at least a week ahead of time that's going to be a hot snap, right? Maybe we don't know the extent of it, but we know it's going to be hot. So fill the soil profiles up. Yeah. Well, Joe, you and I fine. talked about 2011, and here's a vintage that a lot of people pan as being, you know, cold or wetter. But you can find a lot of great wines in Paso from 2011 that are just fantastic. Yeah, I mean, it was a frosty year, so I mean, it, it just, you know, it changed the it changed the growing season. You know, I mean, obviously you had a lower crop, but it also changed the growing season. It kicked it two, three weeks down the line, and then the the breadth of the of the ripening part of it was October, um, which is you know unusual. Yeah, and, and, and honestly, in some respects desirable these days because we yeah. always i mean we get uh, september's are just beating the crap out of us these last few years yeah and it's not going to change and this month in the california just went to that hospice to uh, seminars um speaking of seminars this is why you go to seminars because you learn a lot of stuff you do actually and, and you get a lot of information that you don't wouldn't normally get from producers and it was really interesting to hear how you know how much they speak about how their terroir has changed. Well, look at like Chateauneuf, ABV now is like, you know, 13.5, yeah. 14.5. And our terroir is changing too. Yeah. You know, sure. we're adjusting to it. We're all kind of, you know, working our way through it to, to try to, you know, like, like just like Austin was saying, he's like, you, you, they're expected now and you have to be agile to be able to, to move around. The, the agricultural side of it is the most challenging side of it. If you, if you can weather that storm, um, that could start you in the right process. But then there's winemaking techniques that can either enhance or detract yeah. from that. Knowing this is what you got. Here's your here's your material. You know you can either enhance it or you can either really accept it or you can, you know you can just kind of let it present itself. But I mean, there's a lot of opportunities to be creative. There's a ton. Technology is is insane in in the wine industry and, and in every industry for that matter. So if I mean if you're not using it and looking at it, at least trying it. Like I mean, we have we've just brought a person on that's all like doing a bunch of different winemaking stuff, but main job is to track all of our experiments. So we'll do 80 experiments a year. Like, crazy stuff. Like, I'll just come up with something. Trials. Yep. I, Samantha, I'm push her nonstop. I'm like, what, do this, do this, do this, do this, do this. So finally we're bringing somebody on board that actually can track them better and, and take them all the way to the finish line because she's so busy she can't. Yeah. Can't be yeah. expected. Her and Susan can be expected to do yeah. everything like that. Wow. I can't wait for that sparkling wine. Yeah, it'll be fun. Boston Hope. It'll be fun. It's time. You know, and honestly, I, I wasn't really into it all, Brad. My, my winemaker, when he came on board, was like, hey, you want to do a pet? And I'm like, I don't know. Sure. How do you do it? 
<laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was like, I have no idea. It's kind of cool. Like he's pushed you in some fun ways. <laughs> yeah. And I, and I think, you know. He's it, great. I like him. It, very, very, you know, I think very similar to that, going back to the wine fest. I feel like there's just this, there's this new generation of, of wine drinkers that we're really trying to access and kind of get them excited about Paso. Oh. And the reason why we would get them excited about Paso is, is not one put on an event, but also showcase the wines that aren't, you know, Maybe are outside the box a little bit. Maybe a little different than what you'd find across California and across the United States. We can't make enough Graciano, and I'm just like blown away. I, I like know, it. and it was a, it was a, it was a farming mistake. Total farming mistake. Yeah, <laughs> we get it. I'm still pissed about it, right? And we end up, and now it's like they call it what do they call it? The Graciano happy roof. accident. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, and people are like, we released it. We were out for it goes out sells out so fast, and we released it. And like there was a run on that, we released it just to our our, uh, our mailing list and wine club. Sent out an email, and like we blew up overnight. Like I was just like, "Are you kidding me? People love this wine. This that much. It just blows you away." But it's a cool testament to what Joe just said about Paso, right? Because anytime I speak on Paso, the word I always use is diversity. Like there is no other region in my mind in the world that can grow so many different varieties. Great, right? There's certain areas where, yep. We make Cabernet, that's what we do. Yep, we make Grenache or Syrah, or maybe we make three or four varieties. But there's no region that has the diversity, not only in the soils, the climates, and in relatively small areas. 40 to 50 different kinds of varieties. Well, and, right? so, and ones that do, are, are ones that probably could, are old established European regions that they're... They have They're focus. Stuck. Yeah, mm-hmm. this is what we do. Yeah, this no, is, we're a bunch of renegades. Yeah, yeah. Well, and, I, and I'm, it, it, like I mean, the, the Rhone Valley is a very you know good example. Like they, they could probably do that too, but they've they have an established culture there. They have established yeah. you know even rules. I mean, at that point, you can't even really go outside the rules if you even wanted to. So, right. But I do. Th- I still think we're different than anybody else because I mean, I, there's you know there's very few places to where you know for example you you go go to the you know where, where we are right now in the in the Tibbleton Gap, right? So in the Tibbleton Gap district, we're we're the coldest region within the sub AVAs, and our Syrahs will taste completely different than the Syrahs grown in the Highland district, which Absolutely. is the farthest. Oh my east, god, yeah, right? right. And you're only talking like 15 miles away, right? And it's it's insane, right? You've got one that's going to be more northern Rhone characteristic over here, and then even go a step further, you go another five miles as the bird flies t- towards the ocean, and you run to Tabas Creek, and now their Syrahs taste like southern France, which tastes like Chapin de Pop. Then you go to east to the, the Highlands District, and they taste like, and they taste like Syrah or, or Shiraz, like a, mm-hmm. you know the bubblegum yeah, brighter yeah. fruit. Yeah. Well, geologically, we're as, we're as interesting as you could. You, yeah. You could. So true. The, the reason why we, I mean, and, and going through the, you know, through the process of, of doing all these AVAs through here, I think that's why we, you know, created so many because how could you not? I mean, they weren't that similar. I think no. it's funny because I think the Graciano cool. story actually is a really cool as we've, you know, distanced ourselves a few years from it. It's a great story for Paso because, and we've talked about it a little bit, so if you're just kind of tuning in, Wine Enthusiast had a, a big article called the Graciano Goof, and what happened was there was a nursery that was giving some grapes to, to local purveyors and swore it was Mervet. And Justin Smith of Saxon was like, no, this ain't Mervet, you know? And so, and the more it was like, like, no, it really is, I promise. And, and Justin was like, no, I'm, I'm going to post some Ancestry.com on this. I'm going to do a 23andMe. Yep. I'm going to see what's really going on here. Because Justin knew he's a farmer. He's like, this shit we talked ain't about bed. It. Him yeah. and I talked about it. We've, we've, we, I, I called him and I said, hey, I got this new new uh, new uh, uh, Monastrol clone. Yeah. I said, you know, it's really weird. I said, I'm going to send you a half a box. See what you think. And I go, he goes, no, I have it. And he goes, I'm starting. Then this is exactly what you just said. He says, I, he says, I have it. I don't, I don't think it's Moved. And I said, I don't think it is either. <laughs> I, got, yeah. I got some over there across the street at Derby. And uh, he had, uh, I think, uh, I think they probably planted it in like 
That's about right, 2010, somewhere around yeah, 2009. Yeah, probably about that. So some of the first crop came off there, and it was literally, it was, I got a, I got, there was three clones. There was uh, two traditional Moved clones and the, and the Monastrel clone, and I was like, yeah, I need. Monastrel, which is a Spanish version yeah. of Moved. Mm-hmm. So I got three, I got a ton of each, and <laughs> I mean, I, the. It's the, different the, in the vineyard. It doesn't the mon- grow the, the same, mon- right? The Monastrel clone, it was all of a sudden, you know, it was, you know, or late September, and I'm like. Well, that's ready. Yeah. <laughs> and those two aren't, aren't even close. No. <laughs> so regular Movedra takes forever. Way he, earlier. And then I'm, then it's I'm, a late ripener, right? Yeah. Yes. And so you're he, crushing the grapes. You're seeing the color. You're seeing all this bright acidity. I'm all. And then you're, uh, and you're like, I, I don't know what this whole Spanish clone differentiation is, but yeah. it's certainly not similar to the French ones. Right. <laughs> and so after it was proven, and he has to go back to the nursery and say, hey, and of course he, you guys were all right, and... Then and I was talking to somebody about this the other day. I wonder if this was like the greatest conspiracy ever to get Graciano into play well, <laughs> from the nursery such a game into Paso. A game changer for people who are building those wines, though. And that was the hard thing is as you were building wines, Moved was always a textural thing. Yeah. It's always a meat thing. You wanted to, you wanted it to kind of kind of soften and round um, Grenache and Syrah, and then you're like. And in respect, Graciano, you're like, well, it's almost like having another Grenache except darker. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, so like, well, that kind of that kind of just shoots that whole blending ideology out. No, but now if you look, I mean, there's a ton of I mean, what, what Graciano is out there. Everybody's, you know, most people are blending with it, but it took us three years to solid two before we could figure out how to make it stand on its own. Yeah, because it is so racy and so aggressive and tannic and dark and like. It's it's next level. I mean, it's just a crazy variety. So we had to figure out. We had to chart changing the way we farmed it. It was like it, it was difficult, you know. It was, um, but yeah, I don't know. It was interesting. interesting. It's a cool Paso story because there's so many different aspects and chapters of this story, which was this, you know, dynamic that y'all experienced. An article in Wine Enthusiast that everyone understood on a national level. But the way Paso kind of turned it into something exciting, whether we're blending or whether you're now, you kind of dialed it in and made a single bottle. It's it's a really cool story. I think it's just another great like testament to how you know versatile and d- diverse Paso can be. Well, and to think about it too is like I just you know. Um it's just so funny how it was just so was such a big thing that happened in our region. Yeah, I don't know how much of the other regions really had a touch of it, or as far as like did as much planting as we did. Yeah, you know, there no, was, you know, we all went all in. Right? Yeah, exactly. We, we waited for this clone for probably four years. Like people were on waiting lists for it. Like we we all knew about this clone, right? Yeah, yeah, we were chasing it. We were all chasing it, right? And so it was only like it was just like a handful of us that got on the list at the beginning, right? And then. Then we get it, but then there was all the people behind it that wanted to have it. So, I mean, then it spread. So, I mean, people were getting this stuff. It's all over the place around here. Yeah. yeah it, it really is. is. <laughs> Such a good story. And, so it's a, and it's a good varietal for this area. Yeah. If, well, as many varietals are. Uh, Joe G. Austin Hope. We're talking Paso Wine Fest. Go to PasoWine.com. That is where you get your tickets for any and all the activities from May 19th through May 22nd. Saturday, May 21st, of course, is the big marquee event at the Paso Rolls Event Center. If when you're checking out... You use the code WWTY for where wine takes you. WWTY22, you will save 20 bucks per ticket, which is some some great savings. And I understand they got a you're on the board. They got this app now that they're gonna be using. Yeah, that's right. That's great. That's exciting. That's super cool. So like you'll be able to get on your smartphone, yep. download this app, and maybe be sitting, you know, at Joji's spot and be like, Where's uh, where's the Austin Hope spot? Boom, and then be like 
or like where where are the tacos at and when is Private Eyes going to be on stage or whatever and you'll be able yeah. to dial it in. That's nice. really cool. Yeah, no, it's uh, like I said. I mean, the, the the experience is what what you're buying and yeah. and, and, and to be able to taste that many different wines and as we talked about wines that do not show to the public. I mean, that's you know that's worth it just alone, right? I mean, wines that you've always aspired to taste and. They're going to be there. So, yeah. you know, uh, and then you've got the spots where there's a little smaller areas. If you want to buy the VIP area, if you don't, you know, afraid of too big a crowds, there's smaller areas you can do that. There's uh, there's eight different food options. So, I mean, there's there's uh, there's different bands. I mean, I don't know. To me, it's 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 a value, quite honestly. Yeah. Uh, let's talk about what each of your brands are doing that day at your places. Because this is also a day, it's one of the three big weekends in Paso. You have uh, the third weekend in March, you know, which is spring release weekend now. You have Wine Fest weekend, and of course, later on in October, Harvest Wine Month, which is now all month, which I think is a great idea. I mean, I love what Paso Wine is doing, and really kind of listening and putting their ear to the street of what is becoming popular in October. Having it on one weekend is crazy. Putting it all month makes so much sense. Moving this event in May to the Paso Robles Event Center makes makes so much sense. But all the folks in Paso Wine Country are really celebrating Paso Wine Fest weekend. Austin, what are you and your team putting together here at Austin Hope and the Triana Tasting Cellar. I think we're gonna we're gonna roll out our reserve, which we don't typically do. Um, but we're uh, we're gonna do that. We've got a couple other little things that are gonna be. Um, Is your reserved on Julio 1942? Yeah. <laughs> I tell you what, I found a new one. Try Mandala. Really? Mandala? No. Oh man, don't hmm. try it. We'll stop at your house on the way back. It's bad. It's it's too expensive. Too smooth? No, oh, it's just too good. Hmm. Don't do it. Is it'll mess you up. Well, maybe, maybe I got to get into the Saturday B&B again. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so you're breaking out the reserves for your fans on the weekend. Yep. Uh, yeah, we're breaking out. We're breaking out a reserve. Uh, we're gonna have some music. Uh, it's it's just going to be a fun, fun, uh, chill day here. Um, I know Joe's got a couple other things planned that uh, always surprises me. So yeah, Joe, what are you going to do? For starters, uh, we are going to be doing our pet nat release party. So we will nice. be releasing the pet nat for the first time. Twenty one. Uh, Twenty one. Uh, what we're sipping on right now. So we'll be. Pet this nat. is it. Yeah. Cool. Dude. Pet so this party. is out. This is we're tasting this. this Austin and I are tasting it before it's even this out. Pregame. This pregame wow. special game. Cool, I love it. Yeah, so we'll be doing um, we'll be doing that. Um, uh, Jenny always uh, gets together uh, some killer cupcake pairings for all weekend long, so that's always a pretty strong motivator for people to come out. Go through the cupcake pairing. We'll bring out uh, library wines as well. That's always a good weekend to bring out the library wines and taste people on some extra special stuff. And uh, we will um, hopefully, and I believe so, be. Uh, uh, releasing some of our first uh, grain and vine uh, distillery products from the uh, grain yeah. and vine distillery. Been dying to talk about grain and vine. As you know, if you've been around uh, to Joji's place on the 46 West, Gray Wolf Barton Family Wines, there is the distillery in the back. Tell me about grain and vine. You know, so I mean, it's kind of, for us, it's a mix of the um, the ideologies that, uh, you know, Jenny and my wife grew up being a grain farmer, a rye farmer up in the Lockwood, not this Lockwood Valley, but the Lockwood Valley of uh, Ventura County. And, um, uh, myself being a, a grape farmer and a, and a vigneron for, for quite some time. And, and bringing those two together, I really want to give my, my wife a chance to kind of really get involved with the distillery and uh, with not only the branding but the ideology of it. And, um, you know, as I sit here and see what uh, Austin and Celeste has done, you know, I mean, you, you see how those team, those, that teamwork works. Mm-hmm. You know, you have these same visions. You have this same idea of how you want to present things and you want to, you know, you want to 
build also, them together. Also, both of your wives have an impeccable um, detail to style. They're pretty they're both cla- stylish they're, they're women. Both pretty yes. classy. They're, they're, they're both badass. Sure. <laughs> yeah. yeah, stylish so women. I really sure. wanted to give her. I really want to give her a chance to kind of sink her teeth in the in the distillery and really create another experience level. Right. And so, um, you know, we'll be doing some customized cocktails. And I want to harken cool. back to to really the uh, traditional styles. You know, I don't. I you know, I think there are some of the very best. Um, traditional cocktails that if done well and put in the right glassware and served and, and garnished right temperature, right temperature right. and garnished correctly. Talking like Manhattans and things Manh- like that? I mean, just a, a, a you know, like a, a real daiquiri. Yes. Uh, you know, uh, a quality martini. You know, I mean, all these things, there are just these little nuances that go into making sure that it, it, is, it, is, it is shaken, you know, dipped you know the right glassware. I mean, all the little stuff yeah, that go into it. I agree. And, and when you have that, it will change your opinion of cocktailing. You will you will go back and go and I'm not ever going to go get one of these. You know, I mean, mixology is awesome now, and I love what people are doing. But there are a few people that I've that I've spent time with on the on the mixology side that do these traditional cocktails at the very best, and it's it's by far. No, I, I I know exactly what you're talking about because it, it is it, you don't need to reinvent the wheel, right? They already did it like yeah. 100 years ago, right? So I mean, it's like you don't need 72 ingredients in something to make something. It, amazing, it totally, right? and my, most of those are sugar laden. <laughs> yeah, I mean, so yeah. there's some kind of sweetener in there. You're like, oh my god, it tastes great. I'm like, yeah, well, it's well, sugar. You, it's you sugar. talk <laughs> about a daiquiri. Now, most people know a daiquiri maybe like some you know icy thing that they fill uh, totally. up. Totally, totally sweet. A real daiquiri. And I love how you said that. Real daiquiri. We're talking rum. Lime, sugar. Done. Shaken in a coop. Yeah, and done in the perfect. They do it in Cuba, right? Yeah. And done in the perfect ingredient and like ratio. Mm -hmm. I don't know, there's a better drink. And you will. A gold Hemingway or something? Yeah. And you will. And that thing will just be gone. Like that, we drank yeah. at the Hemingway's bar in Cuba. <laughs> yeah, did you? Last night, did, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like those exact, exactly things because it's a fa- famous bar we used to always go. And yeah, that's, we went there and had those. I'm like, all right, I like daiquiris. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I remember I got virgin daiquiris when I was a kid, and yeah, I liked yeah, them yeah. then. But these are not the same thing. Not the same thing. <laughs> not the not the uh, sh- the strawberry slushy with a rum floater. So I'm really excited <laughs> to see what a uh, grain and vine is. Uh, you know, when we roll back the curtains and show folks what is up there, I and mean, you have a, a beautiful. Spot People have been coming up there and, you know, for years have known the area, your spot, to not just offer wines, but to have that that cocktail, you know, layer of the vibe there. Spirits industry is doing well here. I think yeah. uh, there's, there's a lot it's of... It's leading the way in the country. I mean, like, craft spirits are killing it here. Well, that's another, th- that's another thing that, you know, I Austin's touched on this whole, this whole conversation is like, you know, we are doing things because we can and we are. Innovators, yeah, yeah. And, and and that's that's dreamers, yeah, and that's and a lot of us ended up here because of that, because yeah. we, you know, the the barriers of entry and all these other places were all bought in or bought out, and you know, people who were truthfully buying to be creative, well, they didn't, you know, you just either didn't have the scratch or you just didn't have the entry, right? I yeah. mean, you look at Ten City, right? I mean, a place like Ten City, I mean, there's, there's these these young young people that are. To your point, price of entry, right? They can they it's tough still, it's still very expensive to get into mm-hmm. it, but they can take a shot at it and they can co op together and, and rent a small little space and, and get their start, you know, and that's how we all started. It's all, it's all everybody started. That's how that I way. started it. Yeah. You know, and I know that's how your parents started it. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean and that was the case. Now granted get out to the grounds that we're at now, I mean, yes, the the winery culture has grown and Pastor Robles is noticed and yeah, buying a winery state, yeah, it's 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 not what it used to be. But <laughs> Tin City, yeah. people can do that. Yep. And I love 
love how Austin a second ago you said dreamers. Yep. Because that's the the Gary Eberly of nineteen eighty. Yep. That is the, the the you guys several years back, and that is I mean, the, t- the grain and vines now, the yeah. tin cities now. Yep. And it's it's Paso wine now. When you talk about a brand new Paso wine fest in a, with a new footprint, bigger, better. I mean, it's it's dreamers, baby. Yeah. Yep. I think it's how it should be, and I think I think this is just a start for this event. Oh, I think it, I think this event is is this is absolutely the start of, of something that will be so special and be so hard to get into. It's um, yeah, it's it'll be, be and you know, and then the fairgrounds is only going to be there's only so much size for it too. Though though we have found at the Mid State Fair they can shove like twenty thousand people in there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so let's not say that, but that means the bus system's going to have to start yeah. going. Yeah. Right, right, right. Really going to have to turn this baby Shuttles. up. <laughs> oh my god! Well, when, when we when you know tell Joel Peterson that yeah, the day when we have to actually start getting the uh, the Shuttles. school buses yep. moving around, yep. then we know we've definitely made then it. We've definitely made it. <laughs> yeah. Well, I know there's so much going on for Paso Wine Fest, and Joel actually texted Austin uh, just some of the food purveyors. I think we're going to Jimmy's from like a Jimmy's Watering Hole and Bonnie and Claude love them. A uh, ribline, uh, oh, Bonnie and Claude, they're awesome. Yeah, they're so good. I love them at the they're fair. Awesome. I uh, love ribline and uh, Crystal. Ribline is a San Louis. It is staple. Staple. Yeah, for I had sure. that in college, and it was still that. That was literally. That they, was, they would deliver to dorms too. Oh, yeah, they would deliver all over. <laughs> it was, dude. Trust me. Oh, dude, ribline. I mean, we're yeah, talking thirty years Brian, ago. Brian, uh, Brian and Crystal. Oh, they're uh, great. Woodfire Pizza, Lulu Cheers. Lulu uh, Lem- Cheese is great. Yeah, yeah lemon, uh, awesome. lemony crepes, mm-hmm. uh, yabba dabba dog, pony espresso. Uh, VIP is going to have Thomas Hill Organics, uh, La Cosecha. Oh yeah, those are those uh, are the those are the those are the killers right there. Yeah, Di Ramondo's cheese and more. I mean, really, like uh, uh, show dogging it, man. Showing, yeah, it, showing everybody what Paso is all about. First of all, how does Austin? You let you got Mob Armor. I got Mob Armor too on my phone. That's the only way to go. You know, it's a local company. No, What's I did this? not know. Yeah, that. yeah. The, the, the guy listens to my morning show. It's that little thing on the back of his thing. Get it's up. like this, it's an industrial size magnet. So I have them on two. I have them on three Rangers that we have. The Polaris Ranger. Yeah, I have hmm. those there. I have there. I have them on my dude, on my every car I have. I'll tell the dude who listens I, to my show. Are they like industrial strength, like magnets? Yeah, yeah. And, and it comes with like a little thing you can just. So I got one. I got one. We're talking about a phone industrial phone holder, like magnetic. So I have that on the back of my phone, and then by my sink because I wash the dishes in the house. I'll put my phone there. Put one in my car, huh. and then it just I have one, them everywhere. One at the yeah. station, yeah, oh, yep. right for the board. And he's yeah. local, yeah. The local company yeah. is called Mob Armor, Mob yeah. Armor, and they make right. a lot of awesome. cool stuff. So I'm going to tell him I'm that in. you, uh, no, he'll I, be super I, excited that you that you're doing no, that. No, I think they're they're brilliant. They're the they're, best, and they're thin enough to where it's no big deal, right? Yeah, it totally makes sense. So now I'm starting to stick them in people's cars that I ride in frequently. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And they're like, what is this thing glued to my dash? Don't worry, I'm like, don't worry about it. They're the best phone holders ever, Mob Armor. But in case I'm in here next time, and like you put in your tractor, I mean, like so I have them in Rangers that we. Use in the fields, yeah, and, and things stick to the whole time. Oh, you could go off and jump with that thing. Really, you your phone? Oh, dude, I'm in. First of all, your hot wife is right. Your your wallpaper, yeah, that's pretty awesome. You don't have, and you make me a nervous wreck. You don't have a, a case on your phone. How do you so do that? I, I drop it more if I have a case. I found out. Is that right? Yeah. I went full, full strong all the way. Where around. you put that thing? I mean, yeah, you got you know. to get like a porter or somebody to start working <laughs> yeah. for you to carry your phone. So go to PasoWine.com. Check out these guys at Wine Fest. Of course, there are some seminars. There are dinners. I want you to check out the whole list of events: Sparkling Paso, the Starry Night Dinner, uh, two winemaker dinners, even on Thursday. One at the Hatch. I love the Hatch. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's love always a Eric and Maggie. Uh, Thomas Hill Organics. I love Debbie. We had her on the podcast uh, as well as the folks from the Hatch. Uh, two winemaker seminars Saturday morning 10 a.m. super reasonably priced and you're going to hear from some of the best you're going to talk organic 
organic regenerative biodynamic farming. Uh, some of the cab icons of Paso will be featured in another one, a sparkling Paso. Uh, we talked about the idea of this being just an elevated experience. It's going to be a wine fest like you've never had before. Three bands on Saturday. I'll be broadcasting live for The Crush. We'll have some special wines there. I mean, I'm counting the days until Paso Wine Fest. It is going to be a new awesome. and fresh it's really exciting. experience that we haven't had in a long time. So I can't thank you guys enough for taking time. I know it was, you know. No worries. Thanks for hosting us, Austin. Yeah, yeah Austin. It's great sure. as usual. Yeah. I just stared at your uh, your pose there for most of the afternoon. It's so stoic. It is. It is so stoic. I'm going to get what you, you right you down th- here you, and What are you thinking about it. right then? So there's a picture in the tank room. <laughs> I wish this was over. <laughs> <laughs> Hell, is, it, is this pose going to work this time? Because uh, I'm getting tired of yeah. posing. It's a good winemaker pose. Or, or if you had like a contemporary Christian like rock album, I could see like that almost. Be, I could see the that. cover album. Looking too. for Jesus. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Searching for faith or whatever. You know what hey, I mean? I like that one. Searching yeah, for yeah, faith. That's stronger. All right. Put a little wine in Austin's glass. I can't cheers him without it. Um, maybe in a few we'll open up some of these other bottles. But I just can't thank you enough. I love hanging out with you guys. That was fun, guys. Oh, man. Cheers to our wine. Cheers, guys. Thank you. Pass on wine. So give me that mm-hmm sound, we'll get by, we pass on round till the job is done. Get out in the trees, it will simplify and good company. Much thanks to my boys, Austin Hope, Joe Barton, and thanks to Austin and his team for hosting, Joe and I. I got myself a bottle of that Graciano they were talking about. For more on Barton Family Wines, visit BartonFamilyWines.com. And for more on Austin Hope's wines, Triana, and more, check out HopeFamilyWines.com. Well, if now isn't the absolute best time to log in to PasoWine.com and get those tickets for WineFest, I'm not sure when is. Don't miss this all-new reimagined version of what has historically been the most fun day in Paso Wine Country, Paso WineFest. Go to PasoWine.com. Thursday, winemaker dinners. You could check out the Starry Night Dinner on Friday. Uh, Moonshiner Collective is playing at that. Uh, the seminars, the Sparkling Paso event, the new app, which is live right now. It's in your app store. Go download it. I just downloaded it right now. It's legit. Great job, guys. Paso Wine Fest. Just search for it in your app store. VIP Lounge with a DJ. I'll be on the air broadcasting live from the Crush 92.5 on the Big Frontier stage. I just could not be more excited for this event. And I hope to see you there. Get to PasoWine.com. Make sure you use my promo code and save some money on each ticket. That promo code again, WWTY22. And all the info you need is at PasoWine.com. Where Wine Takes You is executive produced by Joel Peterson and Paso Wine. Associate producer is Jen Bravo. The podcast is recorded, edited, and produced by yours truly. Equipment, transport, and technical consideration provided by Fly With Wine and FlyWithWine.com. Original music performed by Moonshiner Collective. The song is called Good Company, and they will be performing that and a lot more at the Friday Night Starry Night Dinner. Don't miss this. Scoop your tickets up just to see them live. It's, I mean, they're so good. Their music is so good. They make you feel so good as you're getting into that music. It alone is worth it. PasoWine.com. Next time you are cruising on the Central Coast, make sure you tune me in on your radio. My morning show, weekday mornings, up and at them in the morning. It's heard on Wine Country Radio, The Crush 92.5. It's also where we do the Cork Dorks and more. Crush with a K, Crush925.com. To stream it online all over the place, we also got a free app in your app store. 
I just love connecting with you here like this. I am your host, Adam Montiel. Until next time we do, fill that glass up with your favorite Paso wine. Cheers to Wine Fest. See you there. And until then, all the joy in sharing where wine takes you. And give me that passion, get bowing, pass on down till the job is Get out in the trees, it will simplify and work on. Give me that moonshine, get bowing, pass on down till the job is Get out in the trees, it will simplify and work on. Give me that moonshine, get bowing, pass on down till the job is in the trees who will simplify in good company with that moonshine will get by we pass on round till the job is dry camped out in the trees who will simplify in good company